the Saucy Staff Rose Podcast. I'm Kyle, alongside my co-host Brandon, and today's episode is week zero of the college basketball season, and boy, am I excited. This episode, today, right here, right now, November 4th, 2022, uh, marks the kickoff of our podcast season. Uh, we are really, really excited to have you here uh, and to listen in with us. So if you followed our podcast so far, uh, this is our first episode of the regular season. Um, we've actually released seven preseason episodes that detail our picks of the major six conferences, along with kind of all the other major conferences switched into one episode. So if you want to hear more about what we do, um, listen to those episodes. Uh, the Big Ten in particular goes into a little more about kind of who we are, how we met, etc. cetera. Uh, but then as for... Going forward uh, with our week, with our week by week schedule, um, we'll kind of give a, a review of last week's games once we have those, go over games to watch in the future, um, and kind of give our picks. Uh, Brandon and I actually have a we'll have a game going this whole year. Um, we're each picking five games per week. We'll go into that when we get to it later. Uh, but a little contest between us. Um, and then additionally, Brandon and I each have our own formula. We derived ourselves. Um, and we're using that formula to help uh, predict March Madness and ultimately uh, get a perfect bracket someday down the road. That's the goal, at least. Um, so, Brandon, I'll turn it over to you um, as we as we start this first episode of the year. Yeah, let's kick it off with a quick, quick, quick off-season review. Uh, we will have a lot more detail in our preview episodes if you want to go back and listen, but... For this, let's go over the final four teams from last year. And let me tell you, I am excited to see these coaches again this year. Oh, wait. Yeah, we have one returning for week zero <laughs> out of the four. So it was supposed to be two, but Bill Self has a four-game suspension. Uh, they were in trouble with NCAA, so they've denied everything. At Kansas, they have denied everything, but as a kind gesture, they took a little bit of a off-season break from recruiting. They didn't recruit at all. Bill Self is now going to be suspended for the first four. Not that big of a deal in the long run, but it's just like a kind gesture that they're doing. But also, it's a suspension, so it's also a little bit of a red flag. But anywho, they bring back basically nobody. Lots of freshmen coming in, self-suspension for Kansas. So we'll see what the last year champions can do. As for their runner-up, North Carolina, that is the one coach coming back for week zero. Hubert Davis and basically the entire team comes back. I'll swing it back to you for the other two Final Four teams and a little quick review on them and their off-seasons. Yeah, thanks. So... The next Final Four team uh, was Villanova, um, two seed out of the South region. Uh, obviously, a really successful year. Um, unfortunately, it was Coach Jay Wright's last year, uh, but he made it a good one. Uh, Villanova had a really good run at it last year. Um, they do lose Colin Gillespie moving forward, uh, but Villanova continues to bring in um, solid recruits, solid transfer. Well, no transfers quite yet. They're working on that. Uh, but solid recruits are there. Um, and Villanova should be a dominant team again this year in the Big East. And then finally, uh, the Duke Blue Devils. They are rival in North Carolina. Uh, stung a little bit last year to lose to lose Coach K uh, 
along with uh, losing a game to North Carolina uh, in the Final Four. The first time those two teams had ever met in the in March Madness altogether uh, was last year's Final Four. Overall, uh, a really good season for Duke, though. Um, they they rolled through the ACC regular season. Uh, they got a two seed in March Madness. Uh, and while Coach K did right off into the sunset last year, uh, they do bring in John Shire, who was handpicked by Coach K uh, to lead this team into the future. And Duke has plenty of talent coming in this year with multiple five-star recruits. So expect the Duke-North Carolina rivalry to be significant for for now, for this season and into the future, uh, as we see the second generation of of elite coaching come up in this in this uh, ACC rivalry. So, with that, I'll jump into to this year. Uh, so, every week, Brandon and I are going to give our top ten teams um, that we see uh, with the most value. Uh, so, to start the season, our top ten teams are going to be more subjective uh, based on our opinions um, of of what we've seen in in the preseason. Uh, as the season goes on, uh, we'll get a lot more analytical with it. Uh, as our as our podcast name states in the Saucy Stat Bros, uh, a lot of our analysis is stat-based. And I know, yeah, for me, for sure, by the end of the month, I'll start giving you more of the stats based on my formula. Uh, and Brandon, I expect the same thing out of you, too. So should I go first with my top 10, or do you want to go first? I'll take it first. Uh, and... Yeah, my formula is, I'll get into it later, but a lot more based on a lot of data and a lot of data that is not commonly found, which I'll get into later. So, but yeah, December, mid-December, I should have more analytical, but very opinion-based to start. So for kicking off my top 10, did you want to do bottom up or top down? That's a great question. Um, I would say that we should do bottom up. Let's keep it consistent with our preseason episodes where we start at the bottom of the conference. Sweet. So coming at 10 for me, I have UCLA, nine UAB, eight Baylor, seven Auburn, six Illinois, uh, five Kentucky, four Texas, three Creighton, two Houston, and coming at number one, the last year's number runner-ups bringing back basically their entire team, adding transfer Pete Nance to their team. Look for this North Carolina Tar Heels team to have a stellar season. It's funny. So your preseason top 10 teams uh, and mine only share five teams in common. <laughs> really? <laughs> What's your top 10? If that, gives you, if that gives you any inclination as to how much Brandon and I agree on some of these teams, uh, there you have it. There's a few of those that are really um, undeniable top 10 teams. But there's a lot of subjectivity in this. And man, I, I don't agree with a lot of that. So... I'll give you my preseason top 10, and then we can kind of bounce back and forth off of these lists. So I have Miami at 10. Miami, Florida, to be exact. Uh, not Ohio. Number nine, I have the Dayton Flyers. Uh, number eight, I have the Alabama Crimson Tide. Number seven, TCU Horn Frogs. Number six, Kentucky Wildcats. Number five, Creighton Blue Jays. Number four, the Virginia Cavaliers. Number three, 
Texas Longhorns. Number two, I have Houston, like you. And at number one, I have the North Carolina Tar Heels. Uh, AP has them at number one preseason. Uh, I have them at number one preseason. And uh, Brandon, sounds like you do too. Yeah, they are clearly the favorites. When you go to the title game, trying to win the entire tournament and bring back basically your entire team except for Brady Manick, and you add transfer Pete Nance to fill that role, you're not losing much. So Kansas lost a lot more, and that's why they aren't on my list. And they have a lot to prove with all their freshmen, where this North Carolina team has proved what they can do with this lineup. One surprising thing for me from you is you have Alabama at eight. (laughs) Really? I did not expect that one from you. I was waiting for that. Uh, I have Alabama at eight. I... I think that there is reason for concern um, with all of the SEC teams, given how deep that conference is. Um, Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky, Auburn, um, all really, really solid teams. Uh, you throw Arkansas into the mix as well. Um, you can even consider, you know, Florida, Texas A&M kind of right there on the cusp of being in that top group. Uh, so there is reason for concern that Alabama might not be quite as good as as they could be uh but my reason for them at number eight is they have a tremendous upside this year uh if their returning guards can can get back to those 2021 numbers that they had when they made a two seed in march madness uh if they can get that shooting figured out that they didn't have last year boy this team is going to be scary uh coach nate Oates's offense is just shoot 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 um a lot of threes uh this is an aggressive alabama team uh and if they get those shooting errors figured out from last year, they're going to be dangerous. Yeah, that's very, very fair. The other question, who was that for for you? Virginia. Really? Absolutely. Virginia. I'm all in on this. They missed. I'm, I'm all in on this Virginia team. They missed the tournament last year, and you have them top five. They did. They did. They were close. They were really close. Um, North Carolina almost missed the tournament last year, too. Don't forget that. They, they got that saved by a final. There was a, there was a wind at the end of February that they, that they rode to make it in the tournament. If they hadn't won that Clemson game, they hadn't won that Duke game, they might not have made it. I beg to differ. I think... <laughs> Without a quad one, they still had zero bad losses. It was that is true. Definitely been a bubble team for sure without any quad one wins. But also, I didn't see them coming anywhere close to losing against Clemson. And at that point, they were in. It's unless they lost a terrible game, which they didn't have any more terrible games left. It was just. All you have to do is beat Clemson and in your end. So they, if they lost a couple different games, yeah, I could see them not making it, but they didn't lose any bad games. So that's why they were a tournament team where Virginia was not a tournament team. 
granted, they still were somewhat a bubble team, but they weren't the first four out. So how do you have them making no. that jump to be a top five program in the nation? Yeah, well, what I want to say first is that they they were close to the bubble. They were on the bubble for most of the season. Um, they didn't have a strong finish to the season like teams like North Carolina did, so therefore they kind of fell out of the conversation. However, Virginia made the NIT. They were a strong NIT team last year, uh, and they bring back all five of their starters. That is the X factor that I'm looking for um, as to how they're going to improve. Maybe not to a top five team in the nation, uh, but to certainly be considered. To get them into the top five consideration, uh, you look at what they bring in recruiting-wise. Virginia has four four four-star recruits uh, coming their way this offseason, in addition to a notable transfer from Ohio. So Virginia is going to get way, way deeper than they were last year. Um, And really that depth is going to be an asset that only they have in the ACC. uh, And ultimately, I think in the nation, they're going to be one of the deepest teams, if not the deepest team. And I think that that asset alone is enough to get them to the top five, uh, given the talent they already have. Yeah, that's very, very reasonable. So not a team you expected to see at that position, uh, but definitely one that I, I think any fan should be considering um, as even a long shot bet to win it all preseason. Yeah, they're definitely a team that everybody should have on the radar. A top five team, a little bit of a stretch, but I'll give you the reasonable-ish. <laughs> I can see your logic. I do not agree with your logic, but I see your logic. Fair enough. Uh, what I want to know from you, uh, give me a reason to have UAB uh, at number nine, let alone in your preseason top ten. I see them as a really good team uh, preseason, but top 10? They lost to Houston in March last year. It was, it's going to be tough for anybody to beat Houston in March. It took Villanova to knock Houston out, which I definitely thought Villanova was going to win it all. But obviously injuries and some people could say, even without injuries, Kansas still would have beat them. I beg to differ, but that's besides the story. They are bringing back Walker, their elite guard. They added gains from LSU. They're all around looking at a good team, and it will be a strong backcourt. It's going to be tough to stop their backcourt. It's going to be... St- tough to score enough points to outscore this UAB team. They were a good team last year. People don't realize how strong that they were, and they managed to add even more value to a strong team. So that is why I put them in my top 10, because you can't deny this team will definitely be looking for a bid in March and looking for a win or two or three in March. So I'm definitely going to put them on my top 10 because they have a lot of talent and they're good when it comes down to it. I don't know if you watched UAB at all, but triple overtime games and Walker was still going and just hitting big shots, running, driving, shooting. He was doing it all. And to add even more talent to that team, 
I see this team going a decent way. So I'm going to definitely put them in my top 10. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I definitely see UAB as a, as a really hot team this year. Um, am I sold on them being a top 10 team yet? No way. Uh, but I definitely understand, you know, what value they do bring to the table and why you might see them as a top 10 team, even though I consider that a stretch. Do you see them as a top the 20 team? Top 20 team? Oh, that's a good question. I would say I'd put them around 30 right now. Number three. Really? Mm-hmm. I see them as, uh, you know, kind of a receiving votes in the AP poll level talent right now. Um, obviously, I think that they will get a lot of wins this year. I think that they'll have plenty of opportunities to move into the top 25 in the AP poll, into the top 25 in our formulas. I think that they have a lot of good opportunity this year to really prove themselves as legitimate. Makes sense. For sure. The other team I want to talk to you about in your in your top 10, uh, you have Auburn at 7. Um, I know you're smirking right now because you knew I was going to question this one. Um, here's the deal with Auburn uh, and with the rest of the SEC, that top kind of cluster. Uh, you have Auburn, you have Kentucky, you have Tennessee, you have Arkansas. Uh, you have um, a lot of other really solid teams in the SEC. What does Auburn bring to the table that defines them, you know, as being better than Tennessee, Arkansas, Alabama, for example? I just like this team. Um, Broom from Moorhead State, he is very, very talented. Nobody paid attention to him last year because nobody cares about Moorhead State, except for Moorhead State fans and maybe people for Murray State because he was a legitimate threat to do have a great game and beat Murray State. But they bring him in. Bruce Pearl is a good coach. Bruce Pearl is a very good coach. He wins a lot of games. He wins games in March. He wins games in the regular season. He brought a... I would say like a four seed team up to a one seed last year yes they had jabari smith i didn't see much value in this team but you bring in broom you bring in some talented freshmen you have more experience with these guys like wendell green i just see a good team that will have a solid year and should be on people's radar bruce pearl is going to bring this team to march again I don't see them not making March. Uh, I just see a good team. I look at their roster. I look at their coach. I look at their schedule. And I see a solid team that should be on people's radars, should be a legitimate threat to make the Elite Eight, the Final Four. Um, yeah. All around, just like them. I, I definitely agree that Auburn is going to be a March Madness lock this year. Uh, like you said, Bruce Pearl really talented coach. Um, also, like you said, Auburn brought in, you know, enough talent to replace what they were losing uh, and at least, you know, maintain their status as top tier in the SEC. I just don't quite see the distinction um, over the other teams that I mentioned earlier in the SEC uh, to justify putting them in, our, in my preseason top 10. So maybe I'll put me wrong this year, uh, but for now I'm not quite buying, buying Auburn yet. 
it's very reasonable to not buy them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we shall see. And we'll definitely get our answer um, not too long into the season. For sure. So want to turn our focus from backwards to forwards and take a look at what we have uh, in our first week of college basketball this year. Yeah, we start Monday. We have college basketball. College basketball is back. I can't believe that it's back, dude. I'm so excited. Dude, we have good games week one. Um, We do. Gonzaga, Michigan State on the USS Abraham Lincoln. What are your thoughts on that game coming up? (laughs) All right. Well, first things first. uh, This is the first time that you have heard Gonzaga in this episode. We're 21 minutes in, and Gonzaga hasn't been mentioned once until now uh, in our, our first episode of the year. Um, and Brandon, and I think there's a good reason for that. Uh, Gonzaga does have talent. They always bring in talent. You know, I mean, as long as we've been alive, we're both 21 years old right now. Uh, as long as Gonzaga's, you know, as long as we've been around, Gonzaga has been dominant uh, in the West Coast Conference. However, um, despite making the tournament, Almost every year, um, getting a one or two seed, many of those years, Gonzaga has not won a championship. Uh, and throughout kind of those sort of runs, if you're a team like Duke or North Carolina, where you're, you know, you're a perennial top seed, those teams have those trophies to show for it, and Gonzaga doesn't. Um, why is that? I think it's their schedule. They have a very, very weak conference schedule. Yes, they're going to get those non-conference games in, uh, but they aren't going to get practice when it matters most down the stretch in January, February, and March. Uh, and that's why Gonzaga is a perennial early exit, in my opinion. Uh, I have them going out early again this year in my in my preseason uh, kind of sketch-up of the March Madness bracket. Um, as for the Gonzaga-Michigan State game, uh, focusing back to that, Gonzaga lost two really powerful pieces from last year's team, uh, Chet Holmgren and uh, Nemhart. So those two players uh, are gone. Yes, they bring in, you know, they bring in a transfer. Um, they bring in a pretty solid transfer at that from Chattanooga. Uh, they bring in a good recruit, a couple of good recruits, uh, but they aren't going to be able to fill the shoes of the experience and just sheer talent they had last year. Um, so while Gonzaga is going to be good again this year, uh, they've absolutely earned an AP ranking to start the year. Uh, they don't, they don't have, the talent and experience they had last year. So expect them to step back a little bit. I think that this game's going to be really close versus Michigan state um, to open the season. I think that Michigan state isn't going to be overly spectacular this year, uh, but they'll definitely be, you know, middle of the pack in the big 10, if not towards the top. Um, I think that Tom Izzo's veteran experience, um, the returning pieces that Michigan state has, I think that they'll, play Gonzaga really close. And though Gonzaga might have a little more talent than Michigan State right now, I think that uh, the experience in Michigan State, um, the value in Tom Izzo is going to keep this game really close. If I were to be forced to pick a winner, I would still pick Gonzaga. But what are your thoughts, Brandon? Tom Izzo has played on a USS... Carl Vinson on November 11th, 2011. So he's played on water before and he lost. Uh, Do you know who they played and what they lost by? 
What a great trivia question. Uh, I definitely can't guess the margin of victory. I'm going to go ahead and guess that Michigan State played Duke. Oh, that was, was actually way closer game. than I thought. Uh, okay. It was North Carolina, number one, North oh. Carolina, 67 to 55. Uh, this Michigan State team has a lot of different pieces, freshmen coming in. They aren't really solid. I feel like they have a lot to grow into. Yes, Gonzaga is still trying to figure out how they look post-Tommy Lloyd. They're still trying to figure out how they look with the team that they have after losing their key pieces. But I still see Gonzaga in a better position as well. I see them looking stronger, looking more prepared. If this game was in March, I would have it the other way. I will just say that now. But I don't see enough experience, chemistry, and value for the Spartans team. Yes, I'm. we both are very clear. We are not high on Gonzaga at all. But this being a week one battle is really going to be in Gonzaga's favor. Because Drew Timmy is still a solid player. If you listen to our mid-majors, we went on more about Gonzaga, but Yes, they're going to still be a decent team, and they're going to be solid enough to play a decent game. Whether this is a high-scoring game or a low-scoring game, I will think it'll probably be a low-scoring game because A, it's early in the season. B, it's on a ship. It is not on land. It is on a ship. It's outside too, right? Veterans Day game. I, I do believe it's outside on the deck of the ship. I am 90% sure it's outside. That if it is isn't, insane. I definitely said 10% if it is not on the deck of the ship. Um, <laughs> covering my bases, hedging my bets. Oh, of course you are. Uh, <laughs> I gotta do what you gotta do. So there's a lot of variables, lots of different things happening. So... It's going to be a good game. I am excited to watch it. I'm definitely going to watch it. I'm sure you are too. Absolutely. But yeah, that is going to be the highlight of the week. The other highlight of the week is Kentucky, but not for their games, for what's going on in Kentucky. She, Oscar Shibwe is not starting week zero. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Well, the first kind of most obvious thought is that that's really disappointing um, for the Wildcats program to not have their star on the court for their first game. Um, however, I don't think that that's going to really hurt them long term. Uh, I think that there's definitely some concern about Kentucky, you know, especially in March um, after the humiliating loss last year versus St. Peter's. I mean, that was bad. Uh, so I think that Kentucky really wants to get back to March um, at a high caliber and and avenge themselves, you know, hopefully make the Elite Eight Final Four or win the whole damn tournament. So we'll see uh, if that uh, comes to fruition. But I think that Oscar Sheboy not playing isn't really going to hurt them long term. I mean, they, have, they have other pieces that are still there. Um, they have Wheeler. 
he came back another year because he wants to win. Um, they they brought in a really high caliber transfer uh, in Reeves from Illinois State, um, along with kind of their other their other recruits, uh, their other returners. I think that Kentucky is still set up to be you know a top twenty five team in the nation without Shibway. Um, obviously, Shibway makes this team a whole lot better. Uh, but if you're a Kentucky fan, I wouldn't see that as something to worry about. What are your thoughts? I think you said best. I, I really hope he returns to the court. Nobody's giving really anything definite from Kentucky. And you had surgery two or a few weeks before the season starts on your knee. So that's a big surgery, even though they're saying it's only minor. It's still big. It's your knee. It's right before the season starts. So I I really hope he makes it back to the court. I hope he makes it back healthy and he doesn't go out during the season. But I I want to see him play. But overall, you said it best. I wouldn't be too worried. And hopefully he can just make it back. Yep. So definitely. Any other headlines? Uh not regarding the games. You know, I think there's a lot of uh non-conference games with some really lopsided lines this week. But what I do want to uh, get into is our week-long contest. So our, our pick contests contest uh, throughout the year this year. Um, so Brandon and I are going to pick five games each week. Uh, and those categories, uh, so the first game is going to be from a mid-major conference that the other person picks. So I can tell Brandon to pick a certain conference. He has to pick a game uh, for the upcoming week out of that conference. Our next pick is an underdog pick, uh, self-explanatory pick an underdog. Our next pick uh, is a road pick. Um, and then our, our fourth pick is the other person picks the exact game. So Brian's going to give me a game that I have to pick uh, and I'm going to give him one myself. And then our final pick is our golden pick. And so that has to be a close game within a line of three uh, or closer. And that game is worth double points. So our first four picks are worth one point. Our last uh, pick is worth two points. We'll keep you guys updated with our running total throughout the season. And we'll see where it goes from there. So you want me to go ahead and uh, get my picks first? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'll give the clear game that I chose for you was Bellarmine at Louisville. And I gave you the Horizon League for your mid-major. Yes, exactly. So starting at the top of our list, so the mid-major conference, you gave me the Horizon League. Um, first off, I want to say screw you for that. Uh, the Horizon League is not an easy league to pick. Uh, I don't, I'm don't. i not the biggest follower of the Horizon League, unfortunately. Um, wish I had some Horizon League fans to talk to, but I don't. Uh, so I kind of went out on a limb here. Uh, I'm picking a game later in the week, not opening day on Monday. I'm picking Oakland over Bowling Green. Um, I do know a little bit about Oakland. I know that uh, Greg Comp, uh, their coach, led this team uh, from its transition into Division One. Uh, while Oakland hasn't been the most successful team, especially in March Madness, uh, he has the experience there and he knows how to how to win games and at least be five hundred throughout the year. So I'm taking Oakland. As for my underdog pick, uh, I'm taking Nichols State over Wyoming. Uh, I don't think that Wyoming is going to be the team they were last year. Um, so sorry, Cowboys fans, but I think that you're going to take a step back this coming year. Uh, 
Uh, my road pick is Tulsa at Oregon State. <laughs> uh, both those two teams aren't teams that I really think much of this year uh, in terms of value. Uh, but Oregon State is going to be dismal again. Uh, I'm sorry, Beavers fans, but man, you guys have work to do. Uh, you got three wins, not in conference play overall last year. You got three wins. Uh, you didn't really get anything this offseason. So, yeah, I'm picking Tulsa to beat you, Oregon State. As for Brandon's game that he gave me, Bellarmine at Louisville. Um, I see this one as a pretty straight shot, Louisville. Um, I think that Louisville is going to get beat up this year, um, given their tough schedule. Uh, they're not going to make the tournament because of that. Uh, but I do still see them as having a decent amount of talent. Uh, so it's very clear that I'm picking Louisville. And then finally, my golden pick. Uh my golden pick this week is Wake Forest over Georgia at Wake Forest. Uh, Brandon's kind of giving me a look right now. Um, Georgia sucks. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to get it out in the open. Georgia sucks. They were 1-17 in SEC play last year. They did get enough to completely overhaul their team and be relevant in the SEC. Wake Forest, on the other hand, uh, had 25 wins last year. Um Really impressive second year out of Steve Forbes. He turned a six-win team into a 25-win team last year. Um, and while they are losing talent this year, um, they're still going to be, you know, middle of the ACC. Um, plus, it's it's an at-home game for them. Uh, it's the first game of the year. Georgia is a transfer team. Georgia's a patchwork team. While they might get it figured out later in the season, they certainly will not have it figured out to start the season. So it's a very clear Wake Forest pick for me. So those are my five picks. We'll see how they turn out when we catch up with you guys next week. Uh, but Brandon, I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, that was terrible. But I okay. will be laughing okay. in your face next week. Okay. <laughs> no. Just straight up no. Dude, Georgia sucks. Louisville is better than you think. Maybe I'm a bit high on the ACC, but the ACC is where it's at this year. Uh, they're going to be strong. Louisville lost to a Division II team this offseason during the preseason. That's all I'm saying on that, that one. All right. We'll see. We'll see. I'm just saying. But, anywho, we're going to move on to mine. So, I'll start with my mid-major, so thank you, Kyle, for giving me the Big West because I love the West Coast, except for the Big West. I can do a <laughs> lot with the West Coast. You are welcome. This is the only conference that you know more than me for the West Coast. And so I decided to choose Fresno State at UC Santa Barbara on the 11th. I am picking UC Santa Barbara because I flipped a coin for this game. And it was the closest game where I could have knowledge and it still be a valued game because there isn't much for week one. And it's I know enough on Fresno State to know it'll be a dogfight between Fresno State and UC Santa Barbara. So... Flipped a coin, UC Santa Barbara. For my underdog pick, I chose Winthrop 
opening night, going to Penn State and knocking off the Nittany Lions. Uh, it's a little bit of a bold pick. I am not high on the Nittany Lions. I do think Winthrop has a decent team. Uh, I don't know enough on Winthrop to be like, this is a lock, but I'm going to pick this game because I think it's going to happen. My road warrior is going to be Memphis. Memphis on the 7th at Vanderbilt. They're supposed to win by a couple points. They're going to an SEC environment, so it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be... They aren't far from each other either, so it's going to be a dogfight between these teams and a lot more value for them than most people realize. So I see Memphis coming in, starting the season off strong, and getting a win on the road. For the game you gave me, Florida State at UCF on the 11th. I don't like you for giving me this game because <laughs> I these are two teams that you know way more about than me. So you know exactly who's going to win. And I'm just like, yeah, it'll probably be a one basket game. And you're probably sitting there like, ah, yeah, it's going to be like nine, eight point win for whoever. But I'm going to pick UCF. I see more value with UCF. You obviously are a huge fan of Florida State's big men, so I'm definitely choosing UCF because I just think that you're going to be wrong. Then, for my golden pick, end of the week, I have North Texas on the road beating St. Mary's. St. Mary's has a tough week one schedule even though they're facing three mid-major teams. They are facing Oral Roberts on the 7th, Vermont on the 10th, and North Texas to close the week. They are all at home, which is going to be the reason that they survived this week. I still think North Texas is going to come in. I think St. Mary's is going to be a little bit more fatigued, and I think North Texas is going to pull out a big early season win to try and make a name for themselves. So I think they're going to do it. So that's going to be my golden pick. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing how these fall next week uh, and for, and to compete with you uh, against the whole, against you the entire year. Um, it's really exciting. So yes, uh, with the Florida state UCF game, I'd pick Florida state by about eight points in that game. So you were right there. Um, I do know yeah, more about both those teams than you do probably. Um, hence why I gave you that game. Uh, but who knows? Maybe it'll surprise me. It is the first game of the year, uh, first week of the year. Um, so we'll see. And I do want to comment on your golden pick. That's a, that's a good pick. Uh, North Texas is going to be dangerous this year. Uh, St. Mary's is taking a couple steps back. Um, that's definitely one that people might not see coming um, in general, but definitely one if you look closer and read between the lines, the writing is on the wall for an upset. Yeah. I don't have much more to add to that. So how about we get into breaking down our formulas? Um, for me, at least, 
I have a lot of statistics that you can't find. Uh, overall, I go through every game, every single digit game, and pull data from the last five minutes. And that is going to be considered clutch. I do field goals and a bunch of other stats, margins, et cetera, et cetera. Those stats that I draw make up half of my formula. Another one is I have a statistical uh, value calculated for each coach. And that makes up another category. So those two two sections of my formula make up more than half. So more than half my formula is statistical values and data that I have collected and that I have found useful. Then I have like standard things that you think of when you think of creating a formula with free throws, defensive numbers, three-point field goal percentage, steals, et cetera, et cetera. So that is the quick breakdown of my formula. I definitely will not be revealing all my clutch stats or how I get my coach value because I want it to be personal to me and I have done a lot of research and a lot of data collecting. So that is mine. I will let you explain yours real quick. You want to know the real reason why Brandon won't tell you his clutch stats? It's because he sucks at it. Bruh. (laughs) No. (laughs) I just had to throw that one in there. I thought about that and I was like, oh, that's funny. You added clutch to your formula because you realized how valuable it is. I did. I did. Uh, So branching off of Brandon's formula to my formula. One note I do want to be clear about, uh, our formulas are not meant to rank college basketball teams from best to worst. Uh, they are meant to assess teams in terms of their March Madness value uh, and which teams have traits that make them favorable to pick in March. So as we get into the season and we start talking more about our formulas and what teams are at the top, you might think, what are they talking about? That's not the best team uh, in the nation right now. It's not, they're not top 10. Uh, no, maybe they aren't. Uh, but if it were March Madness, they would be. They have those stats. They have those key values that make them a good pick in March. So bouncing off of that, uh, my formula is a lot different than Brandon's. Brandon's is very um, abstract and maybe not so easy to find the data. Um, a lot of it is clutch like he talked about. Uh, mine is a lot more tangible. Mine's a lot more complicated than his. Um, my formula is more of a big data model uh, using Excel. Um, so well, the, the more complicated part might not be better. Uh, it definitely uh, checks a lot more boxes, a lot more broader stats. Um, and what I will say so far is our formulas are about equal in uh, accuracy. So two very different approaches. Um, I kind of pull in, you know, close game win percent, field goal percent, uh, defensive shooting stats, offensive shooting stats, um, assist turnover ratio. I kind of get the whole gamut in my formula. Um, along with a couple other key stats like tempo, um, steals per offensive play, turnovers per defensive play, um, and even some more intangible ones like strength of schedule. Um, 
So with all of those stats, I add on at the end um, a few clutch values like Brandon talked about, um, and that makes up my formula. So I actually have about 36 different stats in my formula right now. Um, so it's really complicated, um, really big, but I'd love to talk to you more about it. Um, so feel free to reach out if you want to learn more about kind of what we do um, to assess these teams. So that's where I'm at right now with my formula. Um, I'm really excited to see where it takes me this year. Uh, last year, I made a lot of adjustments um, and I was able to kind of get a configuration where I was really, really accurate um, with last year's March Madness, even though it was after the fact. So this year, it's going to be a lot better on the predictive side um, and hopefully for you too, Brandon. Uh, but we'll see whose formula uh, is the better one at the end of the year. For sure. So... Is there any other last thoughts or predictions you really uh, want to cover before uh, we close out this week zero episode? No, I think that's it for thoughts and predictions. I do want to say, check out our Instagram. We have an Instagram. We have a Facebook. We're going to start <laughs> doing stuff on YouTube. We have a website with articles that we write. We have a lot of different things for you guys to check in on reach out, contact us. We are very willing to talk to people about college basketball because we can talk college basketball whenever, wherever, on whatever team, give or take. <laughs> and yeah, we have a lot of good content. We're trying to make it fun, make it interesting. We're going to try and do a daily rundown of teams or games each day and just do a 60 second. What did you miss last night? on YouTube, which I think it will be fun for you guys to follow and watch. So yeah, feel free to follow us on any of those, like us, do whatever. Uh, give us a good review for our podcast. If you're liking it, recommend it to friends, et cetera, et cetera. Any other thoughts from you? Well, you said it best right there. Uh, check us out on Instagram, check us out on Facebook, uh, check us out on YouTube. Um, our podcasts are actually not just recorded audio. Uh, they're also recorded video. So if you want to look at our stupid faces while we do this, uh, you can find us on YouTube. We will be there. Um, but in the meantime, yeah, follow, like, subscribe, review. Uh, our website is our biggest hub uh, to learn more about us. We have, like Brandon said, articles, our top tens every single week based on our formulas. Um, and yeah, ways to get, to get in contact with you. So we're excited you're here. Um, and yeah, that's, that's really all I got for this week. Uh, I'm excited to really dive into the season uh, with our next podcast episode uh, as we will have, you know, our first batch of results. Yeah. I don't have anything else. I uh, thank you guys all for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. We love care for you guys. It really means the world for all of you to listen and all of your support. So we will be with you all next week. Hopefully you guys tune in again. And that is all for today. Yep. What Brandon said, uh, we're really thankful that you're all here. Um, we are looking forward to seeing you next time. We appreciate your time. Uh, we know we'll see you next time. You're going to come back. Uh, you love this episode and it's only going to get better from here. Uh, so we are the Saucy Stat Bros podcast. We appreciate your time once again, and we will see you all. 100% on our next episode.
Until then, peace out. <laughs>